Hello, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Eglash. This podcast is co-sponsored by the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, as well as the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is an international organization of physicians dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding and human lactation through education and research. Our goal for this podcast series is to help you manage clinical aspects of breastfeeding medicine. We also hope to keep you updated with current research that may impact practice management. Any advice or recommendations in this podcast do not reflect official policies or views of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Today we're going to talk about breastfeeding babies who have difficulty gaining weight between two and four months of age. We're going to be talking to Dr. Jack Newman. Dr. Newman is a pediatrician who's been practicing only breastfeeding medicine since 1992. He established the first breastfeeding clinic in Canada in 1984, and he currently is the co-director and co-founder of the International Breastfeeding Center in Toronto, Canada. Hi, Jack. How's it going? Well, and how's it going with you? Good. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. So today we're going to talk about infant weight gain and some problems that we see with deceleration of weight gain over time, particularly for breastfed babies. And I think my first, I guess my first question for you is the issue of the difference between weight gain and a breastfed versus formula fed child. And if we're uh, if how careful we need to be about making sure that we're uh, that we're recognizing the difference between how babies gain uh, between breastfed and formula fed babies. Sure enough, and I think uh, you mean between exclusively breastfed babies and yes. formula babies. Yes. And there has been a lot of work done on this over the last few years, and what we seem to see uh, is that babies. Uh, who are breastfeeding exclusively, whose mothers are getting uh, lots of support for their breastfeeding, often the babies gain faster than uh, exclusively formula-fed babies. Uh, But then around three to four months, they start to gain more slowly. And this should be normal. If the babies are doing well, if the babies are happy, if the uh, mothers are getting good support for their breastfeeding, uh, we need to remember that it's the breastfed baby who is the standard of what is normal, not the formula-fed babies. And therefore, formula-fed babies are growing too quickly in that second, uh, three to second, three or two to three months after uh, birth. So between four and three and four months of age to six months of age. And hence, we know that formula-fed babies are at higher risk for obesity certainly by that one year of age compared to breastfed babies. That's right. So, but let's talk about the the breastfed babies who are really um, concerning, the ones who seem to to fall off a little earlier, um, between two and four months, and uh, where you really do have a concern that they're not gaining enough. What's happening for that mother during that time? Well, there are a lot of things that are possible as uh, happening. If they start off, very well, which they often do, uh, and then really start to be fussy at the breast, crying at the breast, sucking their hands, uh, and it looks as if the weight has not increased. Often, sometimes they lose weight, then obviously there is a concern. And we find that there are many reasons for this. Uh, One of them is uh, the mother going on some sort of hormonal uh, birth control, which generally happens around six weeks. 
Uh, and the uh, six weeks postpartum visit to the obstetrician often involves getting the birth control pill. And I don't know how common the reduction in milk supply is when the mothers go on the birth control pill, but I think it's not insignificant. It may not occur in all mothers, but it occurs in a lot of mothers. And so uh, the, the uh, sequence of events is often very telling. The mother goes to the doctor, the baby's six weeks old, the baby's been doing fine, the mother goes on the birth control pill. Within seven to ten days, she realizes that something is very wrong here. And when she goes off the pill, sometimes it gets better, but not always. And that's another place where we often will use domperidone to bump up her milk supply. A little later, it's not impossible that a mother who's exclusively breastfeeding could fall pregnant. Uh, and pregnancy does decrease the milk supply significantly. Luckily, this doesn't happen too often when mothers breastfeeding exclusively and frequently, but it does happen. We also see mothers being told, for example, that you know you should only feed the baby on one side. And I think that this is very bad advice. I understand the idea of treating colic, of treating uh, uh, a lot of spitting up with feeding the baby on just one side. But the problem with that is that if the baby is feeding on just one side, the milk production does decrease. And I generally uh, encourage mothers to feed one side until the baby's not really drinking at the breast and then offer the other side. If the baby doesn't want it, that's fine. But if the baby does want it, then let them have it. And mothers who can feed uh, fine on just one breast in the morning may not be able to do that in the evening. Mothers uh, universally say they have less milk in the evening, and I believe them. And if that's the case, then give them the second side, for goodness sakes. Uh, you know, the idea of getting high milk, uh, you know, is a bit of a nonsense because uh, that's the high-fat milk. The, the idea of getting high milk is a nonsense because if the baby's not drinking at the breast, then the baby's not getting high milk because the baby's not getting any milk. And so uh, I think mothers are getting a lot of bad advice about high milk and poor milk and keeping the baby just to one breast. There are some medications as well which tend to interfere with the milk supply. I think that antihistamines can certainly do it. Uh, there has been some research that suggests that pseudoephedrine can do it, and both these drugs are present in cold medicines and and uh, allergic med anti-allergic medications. So, so we have to be careful sometimes about what we give mothers. Uh, there is one antidepressant called uh, bupropion or Welbutrin, which we have heard of from a few mothers seem to decrease the milk supply. I mean, it's hard to know when you're getting these anecdotal uh, bits of information, but that's one of them. And also, I think that there, uh, there, there, there is another sort of situation that we see where babies do well for the first few months and then really start gaining weight, sometimes even losing weight. And that's when the mother has a big milk supply and the baby doesn't latch on very well. And one of the reasons for not latching on well, besides, uh, besides, uh, you know, just you know, doing it in a way that doesn't, the baby doesn't get on at the very best uh, latch, is that the baby has a tongue tie. And uh, so these babies, because the mothers have a lot of milk, the babies often will grow very well to begin with. 
But when you have a poor latch and a good milk supply, babies tend to fall asleep at the breast when the flow of milk is slow, at least during the first few weeks. But then, after the first few weeks, they tend to pull away from the breast. And most mothers don't like babies pulling at the breast, so they'll change size. But baby has really sort of, if you wish, half-emptied the breast, and that results in a slight decrease in the milk production. And over several weeks, it may not make a lot of difference, but it often does. And so the mother shows up with a baby who is, say, four months old. I add, my baby didn't gain any weight for the last month. The mother will state that the baby stays on the breast for only three, four minutes, five minutes, and then pulls away from the breast and then sucks his hand. And these babies often don't cry when they're hungry. They're happy to sit there sucking their thumbs. And that's why often the mothers are very surprised that the baby is, has not gained any weight. So we see these mothers. We make sure that, uh, you know, we ask them about whether they're on, their, on the birth control pill or on a hormonal method of uh, birth control, such as uh, Morena IUD. Um, and uh, we actually suggest them they consider taking out that IUD or stopping the birth control pill. And uh, most of the mothers that come to us are actually not reluctant to do so. Perhaps it's because of our patient population, but it certainly doesn't seem to be a problem with the mothers here. They want to continue breastfeeding and they want to make sure the baby gets enough milk. Um, if the baby's got a tongue tie, we'll recommend that they uh, stop that, uh, uh, that we uh, release the uh, tongue tie. But usually it's that last reason that I went into in more detail that's the reason. And so we, you know, tell them, you know, feed the baby on one side. If the baby's not drinking anymore, they're just sucking. And we refer them to our website to know how to know that baby is breastfeeding. And then we say, you know, if the baby's not drinking, compress the breast. If the baby's not drinking, even with compression, switch sides. And there's another situation where we will use Domperidone. And in fact, it works very, very well in this situation. Domperidone tends to work best in a situation where the mother once had a good milk supply, but no longer does for some reason. Right. And what about babies sleeping through the night? I think that there's a lot of variability um, between babies, those who are really deep sleepers and end up being perhaps the older children who bedwet and the younger and the babies who are frequent, frequent uh awakeners who really don't sleep through the night until they're like 10 years old. And um, the babies who sleep through the night um, perhaps uh, would uh, be subject to um, having, uh, being associated with moms with a lower milk supply. Right. I think that's possible. And then I think it's possible depending on how the baby ended up sleeping through the night. If the baby slept through the night because he was getting so much milk in the evening that he was just full for a long time, that's one thing, but often it's not that at all. It's that the mother has decided that she's going to train the baby to sleep through the night or she, in a way, forces the baby to sleep through the night by putting him in another room and shutting the door or for whatever reason, or sometimes by giving the baby a bottle uh, in the evening, which again interferes with the milk supply. So, yes, I think that uh, sleeping through the night can be a problem. Uh, uh, but again, depending on how the mother, uh, why, how, how the baby ends up uh, sleeping through the night. Uh, mothers will also not only, you know, try to train the babies to sleep through the night, but they'll also try to extend the feedings during the day so that the baby feeds every four hours. This is frequently the advice given by uh, family doctors, to pediatricians, public health nurses, that okay, you know, if you, uh, if you want more freedom, if you want your quality of life to be better, 
then uh, hold them off. Hold them off with a pacifier or walk them around, but keep them, you know, from the breast for four hours. That would be another reason that the milk production would decrease. Right. So what do you think um, uh, healthcare providers can do to help to prevent infants from falling through the cracks so that they don't end up coming back from two to then four months and not having uh, gained any weight? Right. I think, first of all, that they, the mothers need to know how to know a baby's getting milk. Uh, this is really important because once they know that, they can, they can cut through a lot of that confusing information that's out there about breastfeeding. Because I think, you know, if you go to the Internet, for example, you can find any answer you want. You know, you can say, that, oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, keep, give the baby a pacifier, keep them at four hours, uh, make them sleep through the night, etc., and everything, you know, sounds great. But I think that mothers, once they know that the baby, when the baby's drinking and when the baby's not drinking, this is extremely useful information. And that's why, you know, we've got the video clips on our website, just so that mothers can go there and tell the difference between what a, what drinking is and what, you know, nibbling is and what is in between. And once mothers know that, then the uh, the battle is half won. I think we need to get babies on the breast as well as possible. It doesn't have to be the cross cradle hold. We teach that because it's easiest to fix the latch by using a cross cradle hold. But mothers can do that with a regular cradle hold. We don't insist that they do it our way, but we try to get them to do the cradle hold in such a way that the baby has a good latch and is able to draw milk from the breast more easily than if he has a less than perfect latch. And I think, again, the signs of drinking and the signs of uh, good output are very, very important. The problem, of course, with bowel movements, for example, is that uh, exclusively breastfed babies, after about three or four weeks of life, sometimes they can go several days without a bowel movement and everything is fine. In fact, uh, the longest one I'm aware of, personally, is a baby that went 32 days without a bowel movement. So that's not a very good measure of how much the baby, how much milk the baby is getting. Furthermore, even urine output is not always that good because a baby who is, say, not losing, not gaining, can still wet quite a number of diapers. And so it's not necessarily so that, uh, oh, you know, he's what, soaking six diapers a day, therefore he must be getting lots. It's not necessarily so. That's why we put so much of the emphasis on the baby drinking at the breast and not. And I think that as long as... Uh, uh, the response of the uh, physician, public health nurse, everybody who a care, a healthcare provider is not, oh well, your baby just needs formula. That's why he's not sleeping through the night, or you know, give the baby uh, a formula because he's not gaining weight so well. Then I think we can prevent a lot of these problems. So, Jack, can you share your website with us? The one that you were talking about, where mothers can observe how to tell if their baby's getting enough milk. Sure enough, it's uh, www.nbci, uh, Nathan Baby Canada Interpret.ca. So www.nbci.ca. The video clips are translated into 10 different languages. Uh, uh, I'm not sure how multicultural uh, Madison is, but uh, in Toronto, uh, we've got lots of people who don't speak English very well. Uh, Chinese is on our website, our uh, Chinese translations of the, uh, of the text that accompanied the video clips is there, a very important one for us. Um, 
Russian, and also a very important one for us. Uh, Arabic is there as well. There are 10. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today about this. Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I think that uh, if the mothers, uh, except for if the mothers want uh, sort of an outline of what we just talked about, uh, there's an information sheet on the website about that as well. Great. Well, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you, Anne. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at abm at b as in boy, f as in frank, med dot o-r-g. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.